<laughs> oh, I didn't tell you earlier about the um, the roadworks on the way in. I oh, was like, stop going bro, that way. I it's honestly, bro, it's so way. bad. I was sitting there for ages, yeah. and this guy was just standing there leaning on this sign yeah, like this is. Blonde, Don't say that word. I'm talking about myself. Uh, um, <laughs> no, he no. It was just some young fellow that was obviously being paid way too much to hold a stop sign. But <laughs> he was there forever, man. I don't even know what we were waiting for. But they're building so much down there. It it's used been to be a going, swamp. It's been going for years, man. So I don't, I don't know. But yeah, go the other way. Turn left. After you take that exit, turn left. And, and go, go around Marumba Downs way. Yeah, past Coles and like you're going to Morgan's house. Go that way. It's way fucking quicker. Way quicker. Yeah. Well, I got that wrong completely again today, and I was sitting there just going, "This I was is just." Why. I was like, "You said I'll leave in a minute," and I was like, "You should be here." And I st- and I got a coffee. So, anyway. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to something to scream about. This is episode yeah. twenty six um, today. Twenty six. Yeah, twenty six. We had twenty five last week. Oh my god. I mean, month. Um, <laughs> Act as if we do this all the time. <laughs> anyway, well, it was last week. We kind of nearly recorded it last week. Um, we're on fire. We're on fire, literally. Um, yes, today we have an awesome guest. His name is Ryan, and uh, he is a sound engineer. And uh, we're we're pumped to have him on because we haven't spoken to any sound engineers um, on the podcast before. We've rarely had contact with anybody that... Um, that does that for a living within the industry. So we had lots of questions uh, lined up um, to to chat to Ryan. Uh, this is after the conversation. We've already spoken to him earlier today. Yeah, I had a bunch more questions, but yeah. I was just like, we better off getting them back a second time because people's attention span will not last yeah. multiple hours. So Yeah, I'd love to sort of dive into more technical aspects and, and stuff oh, with next time. But, um, I had so many. Literally, I have no idea. Yeah, like, bet. oh, well, anyway, we'll call it then. I was like, no! no. <laughs> yeah, well, fascinating conversation and uh, I'm sure you guys will all take away something, um, even if you're involved in something else. Um behind the scenes but you should care about everyone's care about job it. anyway if, yes. you know, I'm just a bassist yeah well your bass will sound better if you're friends with the soundy y- yes and you're Instead, a nice person ding, sound yeah effect, <laughs> yeah, up, star sound um before we jump in, um, I I wanted to do housekeeping because I normally turn to you for this, and I know you don't like that. But I was just house- had nothing to say. Like well, yeah, else, I it? wanted to say that yes, we are um, still working on our writing phase, but you probably won't see um, a bit of music for a little while. But that's all right. We just want to make sure that it's it's legit for this new phase of 2.0 distorted views. Um, but a little while to us is still very fast compared to how. Yeah, most a little while doesn't music. mean two years time. <laughs> it's so. probably a couple months. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, in the meantime, go listen to what we do have out and run it up. Um, we appreciate your support. But for now, let's jump into the chat with Ryan. All right, guys, welcome. This is Ryan. He's joining us on today's episode of the podcast. Uh, Ryan is a sound engineer, um, and we're super pumped to have him on today's show. Now, bro, um, thanks for coming on. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do as a sound engineer and kind of what that involves day-to-day as a job? No dramas, man. Well, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's um, It was pretty surprising when you hit me up, but I was like, well, you know, I guess sometimes it's a bit boring for me and then other people think it's kind of cool and fun, but it yeah, is, it, yeah. Is, it is. It is totally a, totally a fun job. So, um, yeah, uh, my name's Ryan. I'm a sound engineer. I love that term, engineer, though, because... <laughs> 
you know, normally most soundies just drop out of school and don't really engineer anything. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of just turn things up or down and that's about it. But yeah, I guess, um, I guess, you know, the more accepted term is sound engineer. So, um, yeah, I work primarily in live music. Um, I do everything from mix house shows, tour with bands, tour management, production management, um, help develop live shows, execute them. Basically the guy that tries his best to make sure everything goes really, really well. And I'll probably be the first person to get blamed if things don't go so well. <laughs> it's always <laughs> the way. <laughs> that's the job. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly the job. That sounds super exciting. Now, like obviously you've got plenty of roles um, and it depends on who you're with at the time as to what sort of roles you're undertaking. Yeah. Um, Let's sort of just like break it down into sort of different parts of what you do and then sort of maybe run through each one. So um, I've seen that you you sort of do a couple of bands regularly. Is that right? At sort of regular spots like residencies and things like that yeah. um, as well as touring stuff. So, yeah. so tell me a little bit about um, the difference between a sort of house show, like a resident, someone that's coming in uh, every week or every month or whatever it might be versus like say touring with somebody are yeah. you comfortable in the venue and the setup that you have already pre-made for for the same band that comes in every week and you know exactly kind of what to set up and where to go front of house wise yeah or and then you got to try and adapt to venues on the road and try and bring in your setup towards what they've got uh, yeah the it's venue. It's funny that you mentioned residencies. Like I actually don't see many band residencies in venues anymore. Like um, I don't know if it's because I, I just don't really see it myself and I'm just oblivious to it or if it even just happens. Like I, I don't even see residencies kind of promoted. Um, I, I haven't experienced a lot of residencies recently for me. Um, like I, I'm still the production manager of the venue in Melbourne called Stay Gold. And I guess if you're talking about in terms of being a sound engineer, being a resident sound engineer or something like that, I guess if you're, you know, constantly in a house scenario, yeah, you're right. It's easy. You know, you kind of set up all your lines according to what the band has sent saying that's what they need and you you set up the venue to make sure that it's comfortable and easy and quick for them. But, um, yeah, the difference between doing something like that and doing something that's consistently with the one band and touring on the road it's like you've got remember when you're a kid and you've got those little uh, boxes with all the shapes in it and you've got your dedicated shapes you've got to fit them into the right holes <laughs> yeah it's kind of what it is like you've got this one ultra weird specific dodecahedron of a band <laughs> and then you you're touring to this venue and this venue's got this other weird different hole kind of shape and you've got to find a way to make sure that yeah. that that shape fits within there and you can make it work because, you know, obviously at the end of the day, it's people's experiences that you're messing around with if you um, if you fuck it up. Can I swear? I can yes. swear, yeah, right? Bro. Yes, of course. Yeah. Bro, you got, you, you do your research on me, bro. You'll know real quick. Every time this dude's editing, he's, yeah. <laughs> dude's editing, he's going to be like, cut that out. Yeah. Cut that out. Can't, definitely can't say that. Cut that out. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, um, no, feel free to be yourself. What about the acoustics, bro, in regards to just to just to sort of pile onto what you're saying? Like um if you were switching venues with the acoustics of the venue would definitely affect you, wouldn't it? The way that you would 
uh, setup. Yeah, I guess. Ab- absolutely. Like it, it. I mean, when you when you um, when you're working on tours and you're working with bands, you know, consistently, um, it really depends on the structure of how that's all set up. That, um, like, okay, for example, this is the best way to um, describe it. You know, some bands have a touring budget which allows you to tour a front of house console. You know, and your mo- your monitor engineer might be touring a monitor's console as well, and so you've got your show to take with you using that device and yeah. you know that your microphone's working with that band and those instruments and, and that vocal is going to be elite. It's going to sound great through the board. But like you just said, Cam, the the variable is, you know, acoustics. Um, mm. You know, if you're not doing a festival run where it's open air and you've got, yeah. you know, 20 boxes a side of J-series, fucking whatever, um, it's very different. So once again, you've got to kind of fit it in and from a sound engineer perspective, there's different approaches. Like I've been trying to, I just did three weeks in the UK with a band called Vacations and I was fortunate enough to take my own console, which is great because it means I can like, you know, we had two days of production rehearsals, dialed everything in, made the band happy, made me happy with the mix. Like everything sounded true to what they were trying to achieve with their live show. But then you go to a venue and it's like a 150 capacity basement with nothing but mirrors all around the place and <laughs> yeah, a, you know, <laughs> no a, acoustic a, padding or a, anything. A, yeah, exactly. Like a 20 minute reverb chamber and shit like that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say the club is a club in Brisbane. Yeah, there's there's a brick club in Brisbane. <laughs> Don't say brick. Okay, okay it's but, yeah, it's, so obvious. is it? It's just shit out. Yeah, <laughs> it's all brick. It's like. What do you expect? Anyway, sorry. It's not it's not the bright side, is it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, um, funny, yeah, keep but, going, sorry. But like in terms of an audio perspective, you know, and what you're trying to achieve, you know, giving the audience, giving the people that pay money to be there basically and pay your wage, um, you want to give them the best experience possible. And so when you're dealing with those things, there's a couple of different approaches. You can, you know, go in and start chopping and changing your mix and like try to really nut into what individual thing is peaking out and changing all of that. Or you can do more of a a, a global um, arrangement and start trying to treat the speakers or treat, um, you know, back-end processing. Um, but what I've been trying to do, especially for that, that run, was more so not change the individual mix of all the different instruments or the subgroups that I'm mixing into or the master bus, but like try to adjust things more on the um, what, what I'd call matrix processing for, for the PA. So yeah. it's like the final stage before it actually hits the boxes where you go, okay, I know that the mix is great. I know that what I'm hearing on my reference, you know, which would probably be these in-ears that I'm wearing right now. Yeah, I know that that's solid and that fucking slaps and I need to kind of aim for that. And if it's the room and the speakers that aren't agreeing with what, I'm trying to achieve here that I'm going to attack that first. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. And and it, and it works, you know, depending on the band and depending on what it is that they're doing, it works really well. I mean, fortunately the artists that I was with in in the UK, they're, um, they're more like a shoegazy, uh, indie band. Um, and so we're not talking like drop D at 106 DB <laughs> coming out of a fucking, you know, PV 5150, yeah. just fucking loud and, you know, really yeah. loud snares or anything like that. So it's a lot easier to achieve those things. But, you know, depending yeah. on the artist, you've, you've got to use different tools really. That's 
That's, that's cool. I like the idea yeah. of um, how you said like keeping, especially if you've got a console that's like pre-mixed where you go like in the best sound environment, this sounds ideal. I've got the guitars and the bass all sitting nice together. I've got, you yeah. know, the kick drum punching through, whatever it is. Then if you take that to a venue and then the for whatever reason in that room, the low-end buildup is just like chronic, then you can just go, I would presume, I would go to something like the the main mix or master bus first but then I'm also changing the mix so I'm thinking how else would I do that and then that's that's where you've come in and said you know changing the stuff on the PA and maybe dropping the sub on on level or something or changing yeah. the crossover all of these types of things where you can adjust that end helps keep, maintain your mix as clean as possible and then just adjust to the venue so I thought it was very yeah. clever yeah um, it's I mean it's it's a um it's a, a you know a known tactic um I was watching a video with uh, a guy called Dave Rat, who was um, Red Hot Chili Peppers front of house engineer for years, and he's um, kind of a guru in different ways of thinking of you know mixing live bands and stuff like that. And it was something. It was a video that um, that he put out that was talking about what I just talked to you guys about, and yeah. I kind of I tried to apply that because beforehand I was doing something a bit different in you know trying to address shit venues <laughs> yeah. um but you know he he was obviously working just all on analog and so it's a completely yeah. different mindset but you know the flip side of that is you know I, I was fortunate on that tour like there was budget to be able to take um you know my own console out and have everything pre-done and just walk into a venue plug it in and be like yeah it works yeah um, i love that but sounds great because we it. could just have oh, it exactly how we want it especially because yeah. we have so many synths and stuff and backing track stuff that we do so it just it just seems like a pain uh to a mix headache. that every yeah, time for like the soundy totally definitely. yeah Especially yeah, and, when and, they're not your soundy. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, exactly. I mean, that's that's the flip side as well. Like sometimes, you know, sometimes you're working on tours where logistically you can't take a console or um, a budget won't allow you to hire a console for the tour. And so you've got to walk in and use house consoles every time. And, you know, yes, we live in the digital age, so it's kind of really lucky that we can, you know, make a show file on a digital console, save it to USB, and then drop it into it. Yeah. a different venue that happens to have that same console, and you've, you you can use that, and that's that's really great. Sometimes it doesn't work out like that, and so yes. sometimes you've got to look down the barrel of um, the potential to be doing a ten minute sound check where you know that you've everything is solid, you've got everything saved in your mix, it's going to be great. All you got to do is make some adjustments for the room, or you're going to be there for two hours trying to figure out why the kick drum sounds like shit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. That, so. that that's cool. Yeah, cuz then you're balancing as well like having to maybe have a different model of a console or whatever it might be and and you don't have that same ability to just upload things. Why not? Like when I was DJing, obviously you don't take your CDJs around with yeah. you. You just plug your USB in and it's totally. works universally. So I presume yeah. there's some well, sort of th it's universal supposed to. <laughs> it's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um but I presume you know that's the same with sort of consoles. Most people sort of tend to stick to the same sort of gear and you see similar rigs set up at, at the more pro gigs where they've got yeah. similar sort of uh, setups and you're used to things and you, you get to you get used to what you're working with. Totally, man. Like, um, you know, even though, like, for me, I'm I'm lucky enough to have my own console, but it doesn't. That doesn't mean that I only use that, and that's all I can use. You know, you've really got to be flexible because there's so many 
there are so many manufacturers of you know live audio consoles and so many different you know they, there's different ways to skin a cat right um yeah. it's such a stupid fucking expression <laughs> <laughs> why the fuck that's would like, you skin a cat that's like something our parents would fucking say like, like why would you skin a cat like no. seriously i'm 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 sorry so, i've got no interest in skinning a cat or right? yeah, two exactly. birds with one stone you yeah like, why the fuck would i kill two birds with a stone <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah our parents why need kill a good mental yeah. health but um, like you've like as part of the job, you've really got to be flexible. Um, and you know that I guess that that's kind of what defines a, a really good engineer. Sometimes it's their ability to be flexible and get a good result no matter what's put in front of them. That's kind of the point, you know. Yeah, part of me. Yeah, I would um, find it. Um, yeah. I would find it hard as a like you know, Cam and I uh, come from a producing background and. We love to have a lot of involvement over how the mix sounds and how it's going to translate live and things like this. And when it comes yeah. time for us to to get a, a sound engineer um, or front of house guy to come with us or whatever it might be, then you know we'd like to have a lot of involvement with what they're doing and try and sort of not like say this is how we want like this is what to do, but you know try and try and offer up this is the way we've done things and and try and get them on board. But I imagine. As as a sound guy yourself, you'd want to have some sort of creative control, or you'd want to just have your no. little inputs, or no, your job not is just to not. Yeah, yeah. I, I I kind of I feel pretty strongly about this. Um, okay, cool. I I you know I'm not really there to be creative. You know, I I don't True. think this is just my perception of of the job and what I try to do. Like it it definitely doesn't apply to everyone. It's not a universal rule. It's not, I'm not trying to tell people to not be creative, but like I'm, I feel like the, the role of what I primarily do and that's, you know, mix bands live. I I feel like it's more of a technical role Um, up until the point of an artist saying, Hey, I'm kind of thinking I want to achieve this kind of sound or what I want to give, the audience this kind of perspective or this this feeling this experience and then you know maybe you'll have a creative discussion on ways to achieve that but i i if an artist came to me and said hey this is my music this is how i want it perceived because these are my fans and this is how they're used to my music being perceived then i'd work towards that goal yeah you make it a reality yeah you i mean that's that's what you're getting paid to do like i yeah. i wouldn't you know, I, I used to play in bands, um, which obviously most failed musicians end up as. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I'd be, I'd be pretty offended um, if I hired someone and said, "Hey, I want you to mix my band," and they tried to have a creative influence on what I do. I, I think it should definitely be open for discussion. I think you know that's a healthy creative work environment because it's a creative industry. But yeah. you know. I, I'm not. I'm not there to try to tell you what kind of reverb sounds best. Yeah, or, totally. You know, I totally agree with that. I think yeah. um, uh, more more so, like you know, where we we sort of see we might see uh, a band come in, and then you go, you might think, oh, might be nice with a little bit of this or a little bit of that, but you, it's not your place to say so. So I think, like you said, when the band comes and sort of offers up your your opinion and says, Hey, like we value what you do and what you think uh, professionally about how to achieve something or what you think might sound best. And that's where you can step in and have a little bit of that, um, of your own opinion and create creativity. 
Yeah, Does that totally. Kind of sound about yeah. right. Hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, then, what about um, when you think is the right time for a band to sort of employ someone like yourself to come on tour with them? Um, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I understand that it would be. I've asked this question before in a different context, but it, it's it's more so obviously very dependent on the band where they're at, budgets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but sort of in terms of uh, a need for someone to come in and operate all of the sound stuff. Um, when do you think is the best time? Man, that's a, that's a really hard question. Um, because I, I kind of see it from a couple of different perspectives because, um, you know, music and live performance is a community. And when you're a young band, you know, first going out and playing shows, then the people that you're around with and, and engage with are probably going to be young sound engineers, young managers, young bookers. Um, and I think it's important for no one to really, you know, try to jump the gun too hard. And, and you know, everyone kind of comes up together. Like, you know, I, I've when I was working just really shitty house gigs at really shitty venues with really shit equipment, um, I remember mixing a band there um, and we were all, you know, kind of young, just doing the thing and having fun about it. And that band is now touring internationally. I'm touring internationally. Like it's, you all grow up together. So yeah. it, I think it's important to kind of respect that, I guess, a bit as well. But, you know, some artists are like, we've got a very serious project here. We're, we're very passionate about our art and we want it represented the best way. And then they're happy to, you know, spend the money to get someone that's really experienced. Right. Subjective. To, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's totally like, I, I think people, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a hard, that's a really hard question for me. It is, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's just, it just, it's, it's aimed to sort of like, yeah, get us to have a think because like, like you said, you don't want to be a band that's like, all right, we need to have, everyone we need a tour manager we need this we need this and like you're and, your and you're pub. and yeah you're you're at the pub like Dude, that's not uh, your ticket to that's not your ticket to the next level so trust to speak. me like looking after a place like stay gold i i fucking see it all the time man and it's it's <laughs> it, and you see bands you know like I, it's I sound so bitter. I sound like a bitter old sound guy when I say I'm, this. I'm already holding back so many things. Oh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> like <laughs> you see, you see bands roll in and they spend thousands of dollars on like, you know, extra lighting, um, a, a hectic sound guy with their own console bringing in all this stuff, and you know, a lighting tech and all this fucking. <laughs> you know, merch and wild ideas that look sick and, you know, looks great on Instagram and TikTok. Fuck yeah. Yeah. But they sell like a hundred tickets and you're like, you know, I, I believe in longevity and I le I believe in taking the steps to, to learn and, and grow and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's, um, that's jumping see, it. You see people <laughs> jump the gun. Like one of my big things at the moment is, um, well, there's there's two things that I have issues with. It's young bands like seeing other touring artists with like their own um, monitor racks with you know a uh, digital setup for their own their own mixer console with for ears and and stuff like that. And 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with investing money and time to do things right. But if you don't know what you're fucking doing, <laughs> take some time to do your research first. Because you 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 know, I've seen bands come through and be like, Oh yeah, it's really easy. We've we've got this set up and make it really easy for you. And then you look at it and like no, it's not easy. Man, though. that's 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 a big fucking bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason there's ramen noodles in it as well. Like what what is this shit? Like yeah. you probably get people with different gear as well that they just bought from Manny last week or some guitar shop last week and they haven't honed in on any of the tone or nothing and then they've just got some guitar spinning out 3k fucking whistles at your face and you're like mm. <laughs> yeah dude it's like, you know yeah, and, and once again that shit. yeah and, and you know i've done enough house gigs at, at venues to to see so much of that and you know once again going back to what i said it's not my place to say you know anything about what you're doing creatively, but also, man, you suck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. And instead of investing so much money into equipment that you haven't taken the time to fully understand and learn how to use really effectively, learn how to write music. It's yeah. kind of like producing, but you don't have control over the stems you get. Is kind of like what I'm yeah. vibing. So I'm you're, getting. Yeah, it's you're like a you mix get... engineer that gets given shitty stems. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. it's like I got a mix now, and they go, "Here's what you got," and you're like, yeah. "Oh, <laughs> yeah." So I can imagine then on the flip side when you do have a band that knows what they're doing and you can work really well and cohesively with on tour and then you get the sound sounding phenomenal. That would be a really rewarding experience for you and yeah, obviously totally. everyone else. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. But it's, it's. I mean, you guys as producers know this. Mm. It's just an inherent truth everywhere. Like, if the source material is good, then you're just going to make it great. Yeah. Yep. You know what yeah. I mean? If you get delivered shit, if you get delivered shit, it's it's going to be shit. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, we're on front of that all the time. Just it's got to be right at the source. And if you have any sort of, you know, uh, any problems from from the source before it's even hit the PA, you're going to have issues. And yeah. instead of trying yeah. to polish your turd, you're better off getting it right at the start. So then, yeah. by the time it gets to the PA, you can it's clean. You're just cleaning everything up and balancing it, not trying to get rid of whistles and problems. mud yeah. and bloody boom and all the sorts of crap. So I don't want to polish a turd, man. I want these guys just to take some fat Metamucil and just get That's rid right. of it. <laughs> get it straight out. <laughs> That's amazing. I've got some questions I want to ask you later, but I'll let Jordan keep going down the no, list. No, that's right. You can go right. now if you want. Um, like... Yeah, so just this is really cool for me because just being pro like producers and, 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 and mixing engineers, it's kind of similar worlds but different. So it's mm. just like I'm just thinking of all this stuff for live and that I want to ask you. Just like we've had some issues. I, I, I already said it's issues now. Fuck it. I've said it. So with some soundies being very like. Wait a minute. Is this? Are you trying to get free advice? <laughs> that's $10 I, an hour. I could start the time and <laughs> Yeah, start it now. <laughs> $10 an hour. That's fucking actually cheap. Um, so no, no, He said had, that, not me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making up his prices for him. So we've had, like, we've had issues in the past, right? And I, I kind of – I try to see everything from a neutral standpoint where I'm like, okay, like where, where are they coming from? Where am I coming from? So I get it, right? So but where we've come in – you know, we're we're still relatively unknown. Like we haven't really done much in the industry as a band. Um, so, but we being producers, we go, oh, we got synths and we got backing tracks and we got this and that. Now they are properly mixed. They're all bounced out correctly. There's no peaks and and you know nothing crazy going on in the backing where the PA is going to bloody explode. Like the volume consistency is correct. But they don't know that as a soundie, right? They just we're just a random band. We're like the eighth band they've seen for the night. 
but it's like, would you have any tips on how to sort of communicate with a soundie that you're not some beginner uh, who just wants to try unnecessary shit? Because we, uh, am I putting this in the right words? Like we've been treated in the past, like you don't know what you're talking about. Shut up and just plug yeah, in. Yeah, I think we found. I think we found some mm. um, some soundies. Uh, more traditional in their <laughs> approach where they're sort of expecting just to mic a cab up on stage. Yeah, why are you using amp sims? I'm like, it's a and $5,000 XFX3, bro. It's good. Like, um, That sucks that you experienced that. I just think they're terrible human beings. Yeah, yeah that's that's what that's, was my that was my conclusion, but I just it's nice to hear a sound even just like... Because I was like, maybe I did man, something like, wrong, you know? You know, I... <laughs> You know, when I was younger, maybe I was a bit like this as well. But, you know, when you get excited about, you know, learning a new thing and you might be in a position where you think that you know more than other people about the thing. The and the you're, shoulder, you're the person. Yeah, chip on the shoulder. Like, you're the problem solver. You're you're the guy. Whatever. Yeah. You, I, I feel like there's a few people that will start to treat others differently because they want they want to somehow communicate to you that they're the shit. They know everything. Come to me. I, I know the stuff. I'll fix your problems. And mm. so, you know, if someone comes in and says, hey, uh, we're like-minded, we do the same things, we work in the same industry, I know about these things, um, here's blah, 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 their first reaction might be to neg it, to kind of be like, it's like a competition. Oh, yeah, yeah or what, you know, yeah, whatever. I, I, I could do this. I'm a, I'm a person. Whatever, yeah. you know. <laughs> like, and uh, it, it really sucks. Like, it's damaging because you know. I'm happy to admit it. There's, you know, there's Instagram pages dedicated to like the joke that you know, Sandys are old balding um, <laughs> males that uh, just, you know, yeah. just kind of got shit attitudes. And like, I think thankfully we're kind of getting into that era of, of that attitude and mindset, just fucking right off and getting yeah. the bin where it belongs. Cause well, you got like, a lot of think... younger blokes coming through too that maybe um, with the technology that they've personally grown up in, they're more open to the idea of uh, digital stuff and assistance with backing tracks and stuff. Old school people were probably like, it's just a guitar and a cab and a bass and that's it. Like, what's Dude, the synths you're talking you about? Know, digital, <laughs> digital stuff and synths have been around from like, you know, since the seventies, yeah. like yeah, so if, it's like if, why are they so like even earlier. So if if you're not with it, then you should probably retire. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if, man. and and like I said before about music being in a community, like you realize this so quickly when you start doing more tours and and even internationally. Like the amount of times I've had conversations with people in environments, you know, geographically where you think there's no way that no other people and you're like, I oh, have yeah, friends with this person, know this person, blah, blah, blah. It's, it is a community. So, mm -hmm. you know, the people that you've had those experiences with, it, it sounds like a bit of a, um, a trope, I guess, but they're just bitter because that's, they're going to be stuck right there yeah. in that, in that venue where they're, where they're working at. You know what I mean? Like if you, 
it, it costs nothing to be a good person. And that's right. And, and they're if, the people you're going to end up gravitating towards the good people rather yeah. than those people. They get, your reputation will precede you, and you'll you'll yeah. get you get that if you become. That's you know we we talk about trying to trying to make sure that we're nice people in the industry and respect you know the people that we're working with and try and like we just want people that are like minded and excited about music and putting on great shows. Um, that's what it comes with. down to. Like that's what it comes down to because you know I'm I'm not blind to the fact that you know i'm not the artist like yeah. my name's not my name's not on the fucking poster i'm i'm there to facilitate a good time like yeah i'm so sick of rock star you know engineers in the tra- <laughs> just get, yeah. get in the trash man <laughs> you know and yeah. and like why especially if you're a house you know if you're a venue sound engineer right let's say you're you're in a position where you only look after one venue, you look after the bands that come through there. If you don't want to be doing that, because for a lot of people that's a stepping stone. It was a stepping stone for me. I was a venue um, sound guy for such a long time. Um, But that was a stepping stone for me to be able to work with a band and they go, hey, you're, you're kind of cool. Like, do you want to come and hang out and go on the road with us and stuff like that? Because, like, you know... It doesn't take much to be able to mix a show. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> it, it you're not a you're not a fucking wizard because you know how to turn things up or down as as required. <laughs> like, it's not, you know, you're gonna get hired if you're a good person and if you're, you can travel and adapt and problem solve on your feet. And if you're good at what you do, and more importantly, you're a good person, you'll break out of just being. If that's what you want to do, by the way, there's mm. nothing wrong with just being in a venue, you know, because yeah. some people for like family circumstances, they look after a venue and they're happy to do that. Um, but you'll come across those people that are just stoked to be there because it is a privilege to be able to make a living by hanging around with people that are more talented than you. <laughs> <laughs> it is an absolute oh, privilege. Right. And if you're, right. if, if you're yeah. lucky enough to get paid to jump on a plane and go mix do a band in, love. Yeah. In, in fucking Berlin... Yeah, that's then you're nice. a lucky, lucky person. Yes. Yeah, that's very true, man. Talking yeah. about talking about that, um, in in a way, like obviously, these kinds of jobs that are behind the scenes don't get spoken about as much, but they are just as important to putting on a show. So, in terms of like your experience with with touring and um, working for specific bands, how do you get paid from these guys? Um, in terms of like, do they work it out on a per show basis? Are they giving you sort of a flat rate for the whole tour, or are they working on a percentage of how well the tour does? Yes, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> Yeah. So um, it it really depends. Like it's it's kind of circumstantial. Like um, you know, for example, um, I do a couple of fill-in gigs with some artists uh, where they've got their usual engineers, um, and then I might be B team, for example. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, our usual person can't do it. Are you available to fill in? No worries. There's a day rate, set day rate, yeah. X amount of dollars. Um, Plus per DMs, there might be um, a percentage of your day rate that's um, paid for a travel day, for example. So let's say, for example, there's two days of shows, uh, a Saturday and Sunday, and I live in Melbourne and it's out in Cairns. I don't know. Yeah. Um, So there might be, 
one day of travel on a Friday. Travel day. Saturday's a show day. That's a show day rate. Sunday, show day rate. Fly back on the Monday. You know, different people will have, uh, I guess, different ways that they structure their fees. Um, and that's an, that's an engagement that you have with management. You know, um, hey, what's your day rate for this? You know, send me a quote, blah, blah, blah. And you'll send a quote and you'll be like, this is how much I'm charging at the moment. This is what PDs should look like and we can negotiate, blah, blah, blah. But it's a negotiation because it's like when you're – it's effectively working for yourself as a freelancer. But like you said before, the other thing is there might be, let's say there's a tour that you're on for a month um, and you're traveling around. That would be a conversation of uh, with management about yeah, PD. So your per day, you might get paid just a, a cash allowance, which will keep you fed, you know, because effectively if you're at home, yeah, sick, man, I'll go down to Coles and I'll buy 20 packets of, you know, two-minute noodle, and that'll sustain me. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when you're on the road, like, you're you're very limited in your choices of what you're going to eat and drink and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you'll get paid a, a cash amount that's, you know, not taxed, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and you'll use that to, you know, sustain yourself, plus you get paid, and you might negotiate a per-show rate or you might negotiate a per-week, you know, payment because, you know, from, I guess, management perspective, they're employing you for a whole lot of time, and you've got that work locked in, so they might offer you a weekly salary, let's say, for example, mm. um, as opposed to a you know per show. And it's really up to the person that's being hired to negotiate that because you're selling yourself as your business. Um, and then there, yeah, there's that unique experience of um, you know potentially being on a salary with um, a management company um, because you're working with all of their artists or you're helping develop all of their artists and get involved in the production and the and the show um, technical elements um, for them constantly. And so maybe you'll be negotiating that. So that's typically, you yeah, know. Cool. So it varies quite a bit, obviously, yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's what we found, yeah, with um, uh, many of the other jobs as well. It just seems to be how you negotiate with each band and, and each situation and obviously navigate your own life um, behind the scenes as well. You might not, like you said, want to be touring for five weeks. You might want to just work within Australia and just do weekend shows and things like that. Yeah. Um, where do you see yourself taking um, your journey in in sound like what sort of where do you hope to end up um if you're not there already <laughs> <laughs> man um shit existential um <laughs> <laughs> yes so yeah i don't know man like i'm i'm 35 i've still got a decade 15 years maybe of of live touring in me i think you know barring any kind of um horrendous accident <laughs> we'll see but um you know I, I still i still want to be doing this for a lot longer but in terms of what happens after that like i you know it, you definitely can't do this all your life like it's it is a young person's game and i'm not exactly young <laughs> so yeah it's uh i don't know i yeah, it is a tricky one. Like I, I'm at the moment actually. I'm exploring avenues of um, going into education. Um, oh, wicked! So I've, I've effectively got a job at the moment, but it's on hiatus because um, 
classes won't start till next year, but I've, I've, I'm going to be teaching um, live audio um, for no. indus- industry education, which is a part of um, uh, Australian Institute of Music. So That's kind of developing it. some classwork and, and some curriculum material um, throughout the rest of this year as well to kind of engage with that next year. As to whether or not that will actually happen, because I've I've just been in meetings for the past week about um, one of my artists spending a lot of time um, touring next year. So, you know, that, maybe that's yeah. something to have on the back seat. Yeah, fair enough. Well, that's happens. like yeah. education is always cool. Like we we love like giving back and trying to help everyone else because we always sort of found it really difficult to to get those like key insights into the industry and that's a lot of the reason why we started this to try and you know bring people like yourself on to share these insights of what it's like on the road or you know in these in these jobs for other people to try and find um so i I can imagine that would be super rewarding for you being able to give back and and share your wisdom to these hopefully excited young sound engineers uh, that want to come up and learn yeah, well, it's an interesting one because, like, as I'm sure you guys are aware, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, ways to get a formal education in this industry. You know, there's JMC, SAE, Collarts. I'm sure there's there's others that I don't know about. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I spent a little bit of time going through those courses and I always knew that I kind of wanted to head towards more towards live sound and there wasn't a lot of options you know, there wasn't a lot of things that would give a really extensive education in how to be a, a, a touring sound engineer and stuff like that. So, you know, hopefully that's something that could help because, um, you know, at the end of the day, they'll all take our jobs. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so you might as well make sure that they're going to be better than you at it. <laughs> yeah, you make sure that they know what they're doing before you hand yeah. it over to them. <laughs> yeah. that- but the other, the other thing I was thinking about as well, like I love – engaging with big production houses and big production companies, you know, um, and it's a real logistic um, and technological, technologically progressive environment, you know, we're talking big production companies like, you know, JPJ or Claire Global and all of those guys have got so many staff and so many bits of equipment to send out and, you know, these are the guys that do huge stages and festivals. Yeah. I'd love to work for one of those companies, you know, later on when I'm not running around with artists and having fun, basically. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true because yeah. that's that's like you get to be at the forefront of what's being done at these massive shows around the world and get to experience these new technologies and help show them to the world, I guess, and to all these audiences and give them these totally. brand new experiences. Um, yeah. We had one of, one of my old friends, Alex, on talking about some of the stuff that he does with visual projection mapping and and doing you know live responses from the audience and like basically yeah you can route like you know all these different things to to instruments so that they react in live real time to what's being played and stuff next level dude it was crazy it's very very cool Uh, i think i'm gonna have to listen to that episode (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, alex Alex kirsten so yeah i'll um i'll be i'll actually link that down below for anybody else that wants to go check it out as well so in the description of it but i'll send that to you as well personally but it's um yeah it, that sort of episode he's a he's a wild character but um we love what he does and it's like really interesting with all of that kind of stuff so um yeah check that out i'm sure you'd find that super interesting 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all just fiends for technology, right? Yeah, that's it. We yeah. just want to. We just want the new, the new gear. If you can get a team around you that's on the same page of giving a shit about the show and really passionate about it, if you get the soundy that's like that, and then the band members are like that, and then the visual guys like that, and the lighting's like that, you're like, oh my god, this show just like, yeah. like the fans are gonna explode when. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I'm all about, dude. I don't want to just go out there and just strum and and do a subpar performance especially if people are paying their hard-earned money in this economy to come come to a show it's like i really really want to oh it's it's an experience it's not even a show it's, yeah. it's an experience 100 percent that'll, that'll yeah. live with you forever so that's that's exactly the point like you know gigs are meant to be a like a, a fantasy environment like a different world you know mm-hmm. surround yourself orally and visually and it's yeah it's one hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, bro. Well, yeah. um, we might wrap that up there, man. Um, super, I got one more sound for him. I mean, sound. One more sound. sound. I got a sound for you. Got yeah, a play the sound. All right, <laughs> last last question. Oh, chaser. Um, yeah. So, what? Are, well, just some quickly. What are some like do's and don'ts that you've seen within your experience of the industry of bands coming in that have that have specifically in the soundy to band relationship? Um, what are some like don'ts that you've seen some bands do like don't do this to your soundy don't do that uh, one for example i could think of is if the soundy just gets your sound right don't go to your amp and start turning the level up and <laughs> fucking with it after he just got you to there's some memes about that shit but it must have <laughs> memes come from the truth so yeah, yeah yeah um oh man like i i don't have any don'ts i don't think like i mean do just be open and friendly and, and communicate um, I also, one of the big do's I think I have, and um, you guys might know him. Do you guys know Joel Adams? Yeah, I've, I've yeah. followed him, yeah. Yeah, so he's a really good buddy of mine. We we used to live together. We both kind of, um, you know, worked the same venues together and then started um, touring with different bands at the same time. You know, there's a couple of artists that um, he mixes that I will sometimes mix if he can't do it and vice versa. Um and we had this thing a couple of years ago. Where we were like, we just don't fucking get it. Like, we don't understand why there isn't a global or at least a, a more recognized way of doing this. But one big do that I want to say <laughs> to bands, if anyone's listening to this, like, learn how to make uh, a really well-made input list and stage plot. Keep your information current. Because if you're going to a venue and, like, let's say you land a support gig for a really good band. Like, there's a, a band touring from the States. They're playing at the Corner Hotel, let's say, for example. And they've got their own front of house. They've got their own monitor engineer. They've got their own lighting tech. They go in, they do their setup, and that's great. And you're in a position where you have to use the venue sound, per- sound person, right? If you don't send to them the accurate input list and stage plot of what you've got, what you're doing, how you're doing it, and where you want to be on stage, then they're kind of left there just to be like, well, I don't know what they've got. And then you you might load in and you've got a pile of your equipment and they're trying to help you because they want to do a good job and they want to make sure that everything's going right. And you just want to, you know, you just want to get up and play and put on a killer show. Totally understand that. But if you don't communicate properly in the right way, those things, then you're just going to have a fucking long and terrible sound check. Your show might suffer for it. 
you'll end up resenting this person that is supposed to be there to help you, mm. you know. Um, so do research on how to make a really good stage plot and input list. And, man, the internet has plenty of options. Hell, yeah. if anyone wants to hit me up, like if, if bands are listening to this and they're like, hey, man, how do we make a really good input list and stage plot? Hit me up. I'll send you examples. I make them for a living. Literally. That's so cool. Can you <laughs> can you send us one? <laughs> we did one, remember? And then we've what, done one, but I just want to see what your I want to see what yours. I was is. trying not to laugh when you were saying that because I was like, we 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 did this um, when we were very first starting. Yeah, and no, we had no fans on Facebook, no likes, no nothing, and we were already like doing stuff like this just from being in the music industry prior. And we were like, hey, we need to, you know, this is important stuff, right? Yeah. And I remember we sent Jordan sent one. I can't remember the venue. I probably shouldn't shit on the venue anyway because it was not the venue's fault it's the soundy's fault but they were like why are you sending me this and we're like um we're like you need to you know need what this, we're bro. bringing like what <laughs> we're having like, and he said don't you just don't just plug into the amp that's there the cab that's there and i was like well no we run like a bunch of other gear and this is like our inputs and excel that's what xlrs we're using this is what power amp we got and like, we just sent yeah. them all the, all the i think we shouldn't just accept any gig from now on yeah i'm really confused by this so wait a minute Someone yeah, we, emailed you back to specifically yeah. say, "Why? Are why me? are you telling me? <laughs> yeah, what yep. it is that I'll be mixing? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I look. I'm really sorry. Like, I feel like that's one of those things. Hey, that, this is years ago, though. Yeah. This is like yeah. two, three years ago when we were playing like just any any bar that'll just have anyone off the street walk in with the acoustic yeah. guitar. So I, it's not exactly the most reflected industry, but it hasn't yeah. happened in a long time. It's yeah. just funny. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, really it is. funny. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. But I, I would be keen to, to see one, but I think yeah, everyone absolutely. should should hit you up. Is there somewhere where you think it's best for them to hit you up? Would you like to plug anywhere to contact um, them? I, oh, God. I don't want to give out my email. <laughs> There's too yeah. many in there. Um, hit me Instagram up on Instagram. Instagram's Instagram. fine. Ryan yeah. makes loud. That's that's it. Perfect. That's where I found you. So Last I'll put I'll put um I'll put your <laughs> link in the description and show notes and stuff. So cool. Um yeah, man. Thank you so much for your time and your insights. It's Cheers, been guys. super valuable. We I feel like we could chat to you for hours and figure out all of this kind of stuff. You're a top <laughs> bloke. Yeah, you can come on tour with us one day. Yeah, hell I yeah, man. So, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, thank you so much again, and um hopefully we'll chat to you soon. Cheers, guys. Much appreciated. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Cool. So that was Ryan, everybody. Uh, as we said, uh, what a fascinating conversation. What a top bloke. And, um, you know, we, we, I laughed quite a lot during that conversation. I think he was quite funny. So it sounds like somebody that would be awesome to have on tour. I'd work with him on our stuff for sure. Yeah. It's, it's important, man, to have somebody that you get along with and that you like, um, both in the band environment and in behind the scenes. You're supposed to work with these people be around uh, them long yeah. periods of time. Yeah, on, on other countries and like trying to navigate languages and different things with them, cultures, and all sorts. Like you want to have top people uh, in your circle. So I think like that was a really big point that I took away. But one thing, one thing that he did say that caught my attention about the, you know, fixing when you bring in your console and then I did mention it in the conversation how you fix it from the, behind the scenes you change the PA and things like this I can imagine that some like you know as you might come in and fix all the speakers up and change everything behind the scenes and then make it sound schmick and then the next band comes in and has absolutely no idea what you've done mm. and their mix comes in and it's just like all the bass has been taken out of it or something like that but it shouldn't because 
if their mix is perfect as well, it's only the front of house which is adjusting to the venue. So it should yeah. be fine. Yeah. But man, that would be hard adjusting to all these different um, acoustics and. It, it's not even just, yeah, for me, it's like, yeah, you got the acoustics of the room, of the venue, of, you know, the distance, the shape. Is it a narrow venue? Is it a wide? Like all of these things make yeah. a difference, as well as some bands come in with more knowledge and some bands come in with less knowledge. So there might be a guy that thinks he ba his bass tone slaps, but in reality he's just turned the low gain like as yeah. high as it goes and he thinks because it's so bassy. And then the sandy gets that first pick and he's like, whoa, like, whoa okay. turn that down. Yeah. yeah, so it's like there's a lot of jumping around in, in puzzle pieces. you got to sort of like, it's like what he said, the, the bloody the puzzle piece thing and other things. Yeah. It's a good analogy. It is, it is, because like – as a problem solver behind the scenes, like we didn't even dive into sort of the other aspects that he was like he does. You know, he said he does a bit of like the tour managing side of things and like stage management and setting. You know, I'm sure he's there setting up cables and running leads and plugging things in. Like that, he's getting. He should be getting paid. You know, while while the boys in the band are out getting a coffee, like he's probably already there. Yeah, at the venue setting up. Stuff, and, yeah. So he should be getting paid accordingly. Like <laughs> I can't imagine how many like mic leads he's rolled up. And put away and then it, it, unrolled. And talk, talking to all these people in the industry definitely gives me the impression that you you do need a team. If you if you're if you're if you've been playing for a few years, you're over the small venue pub stuff. You've got enough of a following, or you can start selling your own tickets. Start reaching out to bigger venues to play shows and blah blah blah. You do you need a team. You need a team. It's like it, you definitely do need to expand that. Um, uh, people involved and one another thing I've picked up too is that a lot of the people were getting on talking about this stuff from photography to front of house to guitar techs to everything like they all don't just do that mm. you know even yes. even Ben was talking about it. he's like yeah I help load in the gear and unload the gear and I'm, mm. I'm still editing photos when everyone else is drinking after the gig and hanging out I'm in my laptop editing yeah. photos and it's like damn like that's it, it bro. Put in work. Yeah, I I even remember seeing like because there's so many bands doing uh, the big European festival runs at the moment because it's just summer season over there. Jealous as hell, but yeah, um, I, I've se I'm seeing the photographers and like and this they they've got the show that's during the day and they've put it out like an hour later whilst the the festival is still on. They're like download festival or whatever it is and the, and the sets already up and they're still at the festival. It's like these guys are just working constantly. They're not there just slacking off. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you've ever, like, been up close or, or been on stage and been fortunate enough to go behind the scenes in one of these massive festival gigs and things like that, the behind-the-scenes setup of cables and, like, how everything is routed and to the speakers and all of this confusing just jumble. At, well, it might not be confusing to these guys, but... It's just there's so much going on and you need to know and like he said, you need to be giving these guys the setup so they know what to expect and it's a smooth changeover. You've got so many bands. Yeah. It seems like... In the rehearsal room, you know, get get your input source sorted. Maybe just you don't need to be a producer yourself if you're just a guitar player or just a vocalist and you want to stay that way. That's great. But just learning about the, just the foundational of how inputs and outputs work and how different cables work and, you know, what a DI box is and if you need one or not and, you know, just little basic stuff can, you know, go a long way with um, helping your team get the best sound, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, amazing conversation. So 
I'll link all of those things down below where you can find Ryan, where you can go and hit him up on Instagram. Um, I would definitely reach out to him if you are in need of these kinds of things um, because he sounds like really open, helpful dude. So jump on that. Otherwise, we'll see you again next month. Thank you very much for listening and watching. See you again soon.